church in Austin, and then I also work in a retail store. Um, I realized that in the first four years of my ministry, I was just in the church. And I didn't know anyone outside of the church. I didn't interact with anyone unless they came to church. And so I decided um, to start working in the marketplace. And I decided that retail was the best place to go because I could meet girls my age and girls that didn't know Jesus. And I realized that my life is something that I should live on mission, which is what I want to talk to you tonight about. Um, it's something that you hear a lot in Chi Alpha because they say, give a year, pray about a lifetime. And that doesn't mean to wait until you graduate. That means in what you do right now, that everything you do right now is mission, whether it's schoolwork, whether it's your job at a fast food restaurant or in a retail shop, whatever you do is on mission and should be on mission. Um, but lifetime also means that whether you become a missionary or you're in the marketplace, your life should be on mission, right? So like, just because you become a missionary, like that's, yeah, that's missions work. But if you go in the marketplace and you become a teacher or a businessman or whatever, your life should also be on mission. Um, and so that's what I'm going to talk about tonight. In Matthew 28, 19, it says, therefore go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And this verse is called the Great Commission, and it's the instruction for us to go out to all the nations and declare the gospel. It also says it in Mark 16, 15, go out into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Now, it says all the world and all the nations, but don't just think of that as like overseas. Like that's literally your classroom, that's your job, that's the people that you know next to you in your classes, it's your dorm room. I don't live in a dorm room, so I don't meet people just like going around. But like literally, that's the people you live next to. It doesn't just mean, hey, wait until you graduate and go out. That means right here, right now, where you are. So we have the mission, go out and make disciples. We have the message, the word of God, and we have the power, God's power that lives within us. So how do we live on mission? First, we pursue God. And everything that we do, we must pursue him. He's given us the power. He's given us the gifts and the talents and the abilities. We just need to continue to pursue him. In 2 Peter 1.3, it says, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us every his very great promises so that, he, through, so that through them, we may participate in divine nature. It says, through his power, he has given us the great abilities. I gave someone my small Bible, so I have my thick one now. And I'm like, oh, this is heavy. Um, but he has given us everything we need for a godly life. So through him, it's already available through, to us. We had it before, but as we continue to pursue him, it gets greater and bigger, and we're more able to do more things. And then it continues, for the, this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to your goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness mutual affection, and to mutual affection love. For if, if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive. I feel like that's pretty harsh, like... <laughs> like ineffective and unproductive. That means you're dumb, right? Like you're not doing anything at all. <laughs> and 
And I remember my first year in college, I thought, oh my gosh, I'm so cool. I moved to Minnesota. Like, I'm the girl from Texas. No one's from Texas. I'm too cool for school, right? And I went home for Christmas break, and I get a call from my professor, and he's like, Maddie, you're failing, and you're about to get kicked out. And I was like, oh, (laughs) really? (laughs) I thought I was too cool, right? And I realized that in my first semester of college, I had sought God up until I got there, and then I stopped seeking him. And so I lost all ability to do anything that he had given me, right? Like, I didn't have the skill set to do my homework. I was procrastinating. I clearly was not thriving because they were about to kick me out, right? Like, I was failing. And so that is, like, the best example of seek God in everything that you do. Like, I was on the verge of getting kicked out of college. And it's like, I just needed to seek him and ask for him to continue to bless me with the skills and abilities that he had already given me, right? It says he has given us every very great and precious promises, and then it continues for this very reason. For this very reason means because you were blessed. Like, you were given these abilities. He's already blessed you. And so for this reason, make every effort, In the message, it says, the message version, it says, so don't lose a minute in building on what you've been given. Complementing your basic faith with good good character, spiritual understanding, alert discipline, passionate patience, reverent wonder, warm friendliness, and generous love. Each dimension fitting into and developing the others. With these qualities active and growing in your lives, no grass will grow under your feet, no day will pass without its reward as you mature in your experience of our Master Jesus. Growing in an experience with Master Jesus. That is the greatest experience you could ever have. And so it says, continue building. Don't lose a moment in building on what you've already been given. And then in the New Kings James Version, it says, but also for this very reason, given all diligence. And that's kind of going to be a theme throughout tonight is the word diligence. The NIV says every effort. The message says building. And then New Kings James Version says diligence, which means careful and persistent work or effort. Diligence is an ingredient we need to withstand the pressures of this world. We need to hold on to the things God has given us, the great promises and provisions he has made available to us. I always think to my morning routine when I think of diligence. (laughs) I have the worst morning routine in the world. Like I will press snooze for two hours and I have mastered the ability to get ready in 20 minutes so that I can make it to work on time and snooze my alarm for for two hours. I'm pretty good at it. It's really bad. And a couple months ago, I realized how good I was at it. And I realized that I lose my time with God in the morning. Now, I work at a church, so I can get there and spend time with God because that's what we do is we need to pray and seek him in that work. But I missed out on intentional time with him. I just kind of threw it together of, oh, I got to work. Well, maybe I should take out my Bible. Instead of waking up at my alarm and spending actual time with him. I noticed that I was less creative. I noticed I had less patience. I was 100% more sassy than I already am. I wasn't putting in quality work because I wasn't getting in quality attention, right? Like, if I'm going to live a diligent life, I need to have a disciplined spiritual life. And that's super important for you to understand. You cannot be diligent if you're not disciplined in your spirituality. Growing closer to God should be an active part of your faith. 
that it should be an everyday thing that you do. Like, I am the worst morning routine person, and so I've decided that I'm going to wake up at my alarm, which goes off at 7, so it's not even that early. And the days that I snooze it, the next day I have to wake up an hour earlier. And because I hate waking up early, I get up at (laughs) 7. But once you realize how much you've been giving, you'll want to keep going. And in order to keep going, you have to continue to seek him. If we are in relationship with Jesus, we must live diligent lives. And if we are living diligent lives, we will do things with excellence. Which leads me to point two, do everything you do with excellence. We, had a, we have a sermon series at church going called Made for Mondays. And one of the illustrations was, imagine if God woke up on Monday and was like, eh, I guess I'll create today. I guess I'll make a sky and some water, and I'll just throw it in there. But imagine if God waited until Friday of the due date of his assignment, and he put it in, and he was like, oh, I guess I have to write this paper, and put half the effort in. We would be, like, utterly confused, right? Like, the God, the creator of heaven and earth, just put in half the effort. Like, that would make it really hard for us to tell people how good our God is when he only did half the work, right? And so it's super important for us to do things with excellence because he spent seven intentional days creating the heavens and the earth and creating you and I, right? And so one of the verses that is a great representation of diligence is Colossians 3.22, and whatever you do, work at it with all of your heart as working for the Lord and not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, in the New King's James Version, it says, do it heartily. Our faith must, be, must go beyond what we believe, and it must be a dynamic part of all that we do. And this verse is going to be really good for developing habits of excellence. And there's three directions that we're going to look. First, we're going to look around, and the verse says, whatever you do. So that means literally everything. And in the context of where these verses are found, it talks about mothers and wives, husbands and fathers and children. And so it gives us the revelation that it means whatever we do, not just when I show up to Chi Alpha, not just when I go to church on Sunday mornings, not just when I go to small group, but in everything. I do. So mission field or marketplace, I do everything with excellence. And then second, look within. Do it heartily with diligence, care or persistence, right? And then third, look above as unto the Lord. You have an audience of one. That's the only person you need to, the only king that you need to impress or do everything that you do for. He has given us the gifts and abilities. He has given us great promises and provisions. And because of that, our lives were designed to bring glory to him. In my retail job, I can't imagine how they would respond to me if I showed up late, if I was mean to customers, if I was mean to them, if I just showed up and kind of did work, kind of folded clothes, maybe helped a customer or two. Like when I started saying, hey, I have a church, you want to come? I can't imagine they would be open to that, right? Like, they would be like, you're kind of a jerk. Like, right? Then I would be like, hey, I love God. And they would be like, what? You know, they're already pretty hesitant to me. But if I was like the worst worker in the world, they would never even want to hear about Jesus, right? 
And so everything that I do, I have to do with excellence. Yeah, I have to be excellent in, in the church. Yeah, that's for sure. But in building relationships with these girls, I have to do that work with excellence because they see God through me, right? Like how I represent him in my job, how I represent him in the way that I talk with them and with the customers, they see that. How I respond to stressful situations is really a representation of my relationship with Jesus. And so in everything that I do, I have to do with excellence. And the third way that we live on mission is building authentic relationships. A lot of these girls do not know Jesus, and a couple of them really want nothing to do with him. But I want to show them who God is. And so I'm going to show interest in their lives. I'm going to talk to them, ask them how their week was. I follow up with them on things that they've told me about. I've tried some of their favorite restaurants and watched a few of their favorite TV shows. One of them was like, Madison, you have to watch this show. It's making fun of preacher's kids. So I watched it. Um, I don't recommend it. But then we got to talk about it, and I invited her to church. So I don't know. But everything that I do, I need to build an authentic relationship with them. I can't just walk in there and be like, how's your soul? Are you going to hell or not? Right? Like, how scary would that be? (laughs) That kind of scares me sometimes, right? And so I ask them questions. I just want to know about them. And silly things like, well, what's your favorite color? How's your dog? You know, like, I want to build an authentic relationship with them so that I know them for them and they know me for me. I have a friend um, named Lauren, and we work together And I finally got her out of her shell one day. And so now she comes to my house once a week and we have dinner and talk. And she has brought me in on some pretty serious stuff that goes on in her life. And I've gotten to speak the word of God over her. I've gotten to speak um, what the Lord is doing and what the Lord is saying in my life. And I've gotten to show and reveal that to her as we talk. And I don't know if I'll ever see her come to Jesus. Some days I feel like I I will never see that. But because we built an authentic relationship, now I can speak honestly about the things that she's doing or the things that she's pursuing, and I can bring God into the mix, right? Like, rules without relationship lead to rebellion. Like, I think that's a Chi Alpha term, right? And so when I didn't build a relationship, if I hadn't built a relationship with her, I wouldn't be able to say certain things that I do say to her. I'm pretty blunt sometimes, well, most of the time. But for the relationship I have with her, I can say it straight up. And so um, in 1 Samuel 18 through 20, it's the story of Jonathan and David. And Jonathan is the prince and in line to be king of Israel. And then David is a poor shepherd. And they built an unlikely relationship And Jonathan and David begin to entrust each other. They told each other secrets. They trust each other. And Jonathan even goes as far as giving him a robe and a sword and blessing him with certain gifts. And if you haven't read that, um, those couple chapters, chapters, you totally should. But it reveals to us four ways to build an authentic relationship. First, you need to be aware. I am very different from Lauren. (laughs) We grew up in different places. We have different families. She has an older brother. I have two younger sisters. She went to a public school with a bunch of white kids. I went to a public school in the inner city. I was the only white kid. So we are very, very different people. 
but we can build a relationship because we have something that connects us, and it's the store. (laughs) But then we were able to build on that. So I'm aware of our differences, and then be intentional. We need to be intentional when pursuing a person. Sometimes they just need a friend. I can call her and say, hey, I kind of had a stressful day. Want to come watch a movie? And she's like, perfect, I had a stressful day too. And there are some times when we don't say a word to each other, like at all. We don't talk, we just watch a movie, and then she leaves. But it's being a friend and being intentional on our relationship. And then be available. Be available to help. There have been a couple times where she has called me at midnight to talk about something that happened. At midnight, I want to be asleep, right? Because I'm not a morning person, so I have to be asleep if I'm going to get up at 7 a.m. But I want to be available to her so that our relationship continues to grow. Just like I'm spending time with Jesus, I'm spending time with her, right? And then fourth, be honest. Y'all got to say it straight up sometimes. But again, you have to have that relationship with them. Rules without relationship lead to rebellion, right? And it's truth and love. If I am not loving to her, I cannot speak truth to her, right? If I'm going to be like, you can't do that, she's going to grow bitter towards me. But it's the relationship that grows love, and out of love comes truth. So here's the thing. Whether you go into the mission field or the marketplace, whether you become a pastor or you become an accountant, whatever you do, you need to live your life on mission. It's a sacrifice that you do to bring glory and honor to God. God wants us to do what we do with purpose, and your purpose is to live on mission because he chose you to build his kingdom, to be a part of his plan, to bring him glory. You have the equipment, so you pursue the equipper. Living on mission isn't just for people in ministry. It's for everyone, no matter what you do. And so, guys, I believe that the Lord has given you the gifts and abilities, so whether you're in your classroom or not, what you do is mission, that your work, the way that you represent him is important and is, imp- is powerful. And if you don't represent him well, you need to take a step back and seek him because he's going to give you everything that you need. When I don't seek him, I lack the ability to love others well. And I'm not just lacking the ability to love others. I lack the creativity. I lack the, the quality of work. I, I lack everything when I am not in relationship with Jesus. But when I am seeking him and when I am pursuing him, I do everything with excellence. So how do we live on mission? We pursue God. We do everything with excellence. And we build authentic relationships. And so I'm going to pray over us, and then I think we're going to have a song of worship. Lord, we just thank you that you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and we're so thankful that you equip us with everything that we need to be representations of you. God, I pray that you would continue to pour out your blessings and your provisions over us. I pray that you would lead us into authentic relationships. I pray that you would give us the creativity and the knowledge and the abilities to do everything that we need to do. You are the King of kings, and we give you